had um, in the team this morning, some beautiful songs. Um, such a treat to come to that on a Sunday morning. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Tamsin. Um, lovely to have you here. You've been shown where all the individual toilets are. I'll emphasise the individual toilets. I don't know what a big communal toilet at a church might look like, but hey, we're talking about intimacy today. Hey, fun times. <laughs> um, we, for those of you who, who don't know, we're in the middle of a series that has gone for an epoch. I'm not sure how long an epoch is, but I feel like it's has gone for an epoch of time. Um, apparently, and it's all on prayer. Apparently, we're in the latter days of our prayer series, but I am unsure of this. Um, but I've heard um, some of you, if you're like me, you might have been here for some of those um, those talks. You might have been to all of them. Um, we've had topics like uh, prayer. Our, we had people. We started with people coming up the front to share about their prayer life, their interior life with God. Um, prayer and music, prayer in the body, um, blessings, gratitude, vengeance prayer. I missed that. I shake my fist in those vengeance prayer. Um, the fun one, speaking in tongues, um, confession. Um, we, I think that they've left it open because there have been some other type of like, you know, hula hooping in prayer. And there's some other ones that may show up in our latter days of the prayer series. But today is not hula hooping in prayer. Um, I know. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, guys. Next time, next time we shall. I've got, I've got, surprise, surprise, I have my hula hoops. Oh, no. I do have my hula hoops in my car that's just out there, not getting a ticket, hopefully. So I might be able to get Roz to pop up and just do an improv hula hoop. I think I've got some interest from the kids. We might have to do some hula hoops another time. I can see that as well. Um, and some of you have been practising new pathways, um, new ways of experiencing God through prayer. Um, some of you haven't. Um, I'm really always intrigued about someone's prayer life um, it's this world we sort of mimic. I think we start in our prayer walks mimicking the prayer of our faith community. I could be, um, that could just be my story. But the way you commune with the divine is such an interesting thing. I can sometimes see the fruit of it. It looks like you're talking. It looks like you're referring to God to a certain way. Um, but I don't know what it's like for you inside your being to commune with a divine mystery that we call God. Um, and I'm guessing it's incredibly different for every single person in this room. Um, and we're going to explore a little bit of that today. Um, sometimes, I don't know, for myself as well, prayer at times can feel incredibly real and personal and a sense of God feels as real as the person next to me. Um, and then the next breath, it's like crickets, I don't know. <coughs> Like, you just have nothing. There's no sense of any God. It's just me. It was all made up. Whatever it was was part of my psychology to help me out. And then I swing back into this mysterious space of wonder and real connection. And sometimes those cricket spaces last for years for myself where I'm really convinced that it's just been my church culture framing it all. And I really I don't even see a need for praying. Just get on with it. Go and do life and don't pray. And... Um, but, yeah, one thing, um, there's so many caveats. I was thinking about, I'm like, I can't just have a whole talk on a disclaimer. But I feel like today's topic needs, potentially the content is the disclaimer. Um, when talking about intimacy, or dare I say, the inner world, of not only a new pr way to pray, 
but what it feels like in the act of prayer inside of you and what that is like, what that intimacy feels like, looks like, thinks like, um, you can't help but suddenly be very different to the person next to you. As soon as someone dares to speak about such an intimate time, you realise that we shouldn't be speaking about something so intimate because it, it immediately separates you from the person next to you. Um, we were at the Justice Conference the other day and um, the lady up the front, I don't know, um, Zara will know her name, she had a beautiful accent of 10 different, it sounded like from all over, but she started her prayer, oh, Father, and it was kind of, it was really, it seemed really intimate. It seemed like you entered into her real relationship with God that she talked to as father. Um, and we get, and Jesus as well, you know, this Abba, this kind of personal, it's not just a, dear Lord, you know, it's a real something, you're witnessing someone exposing a very personal thing for them. Uh, we had, um, at school when I was at Bible college, we had this lecturer and she would, she would shut her eyes and she would go, Papa! And, she, and it was, I was always like, oh, should I be around? It's a bit, it, was, it was really, it was really not, I found it quite strange to be witness to someone who yelled out Papa at the start of every, every sermon, or every prayer, sorry. Um, and I don't know about you, when we have the term mother, as soon as we say mother, um, you'll react in a certain way. Some of you will be like, I'm not buying it. That doesn't work for me. Um, that's a hippie, Fitzroy Northy type of way of praying. It's not, but you'll react because we're tuned to this. is such a fragile, intimate thing. We we react in a heartbeat. If I sort of close my eyes and just say, "Love," we we, we come together to be in your presence. Um, you'll be like, "Why is she addressing love?" Like the words we use are so important, but they're so divisive. Um, so my Big disclaimer, let's be really gracious with each other today. Um, let's, as soon as you react to a word that I've said, as soon as a, a metaphor that we use for God isn't quite your thing, don't react by putting up a big wall. Maybe just react by saying, that's not the metaphor for me right now. That's not the best referring to God as a big old man in the sky. That doesn't do it for me. That doesn't help me connect to an intimate place with God. So right now I'm not going to use that in my prayer life. Um, referring to God as a woman, that doesn't work for me right now. It may never, but it might at one point be a helpful metaphor to help me enter into a different part of God that I haven't explored before. But don't put the wall up. Just lay it aside and find new ways, new words to connect, to enter in. Maybe words aren't going to be the thing. Talking, talking, talking prayers are not... It's going to be mindful meditation that is part of your new pathway. So let's be gracious with each other. Um, let's be kind to me. Didn't tell you that you're going to be kind to me. Um, and and just make sure that we're not going to stop the conversation about prayer. We're not just going to say, now we just continue to explore, to deepen, to discover um, this mystery of God. Um, shall we pray? <laughs> As a God, safest term I can use, um, we come together uh, to celebrate um, not only each other but this mystery that is called you. Um, please open our eyes, please open our hearts um, that we learn about one another and that we continue to be gracious and full of love. Amen.
Amen. Okay, so when talking about someone's relationship with God, I um, used to go to a church up in the hills and a friend, a very, very loose acquaintance, she had just been on a worship conference in America. She travelled over there to do a worship conference. The church was kind of had a broad range, just fairly conservative kind of farmer folk from, um, and also really quite um, evangelical or maybe charismatic um, people are quite comfortable in that space. But this girl had come back and I saw her and I said, how was your trip? And I'm going to have to stand for this. <laughs> she went, <sighs> I was like, oh, no, what's she? She goes, God loves me. I was like, oh, no. She goes, oh, he loves me and I spent time with him. I entered in. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> uh, she, and then, she, yeah, it was quite a moment of her having a moment. And it, I think there was a twirl of, oh, he loves me. You know, he, he, he And then she turned to me and said, do you know that he loves you too? And I, already I, was, I had my defences up. I was like, oh, she's gone too intimate with um, watching her, her experience happen in front of my eyes. And I was like, yes, yes, I know God loves me. But I felt like my answer told her that it was not true. And it was a bit like, do you really, do you really, really know that he loves you, Tamsin? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do, all right? Just <laughs> everything communicating that maybe I didn't really understand. And I sensed that I didn't know how to react without feeling like I was just becoming a more bitter and hate-filled person because I was like, just show your face. I'm done. I'm, I don't want to hear all about your intimate moments with Jesus. Um, and I, oh, I, I hesitate to say what I did to try and stop the conversation because it became super awkward. But I, I, oh, please don't judge me. But I said, could you pray for me that I experience that love like you have? And she, her eyes lit up, oh, I'd love to. And that was my way out of the conversation. <laughs> so I know, don't judge me. So she prayed for me. Um, and then at the end, she looked at me like, and, and, and it was almost like, did you feel it? You know, that, did you feel the moment? No, I, I didn't feel the moment. My, my guard had come up and I was like, get me out of here, weirdo. Like I was just, but that's the problem with talking about this, our relationship with God it, some of these personal things are really hard to explain to someone else. Um, and they can be complicated. Of, I, I really hated talking. I didn't want to be, I don't know what it, what it provoked in me. I just was like, I love that you had such an intimate moment with God. That's fantastic. But it doesn't help me. That's, it just makes me annoyed at you <laughs> in that. Um, but so that's the problem with today is it might provoke as we maybe talk about our intimate moments with God, um, you might end up being like me and just having a bit of attitude about it. Um, but we've got lots of grace. We, we're going to try um, and talk a bit more about that. Tad and I were talking earlier this week about intimacy and the word intimacy itself can be complicated because like anything, the words we use are part of our words of life and the words we use for God are all coming from life. Um, and intimacy can mean funny things to you and it can be good or bad or 
conversations we don't really want to talk about God, as Kat said, <laughs> not that type of intimacy. Um, the words we have are problematic because we're using words for both and they've got different meanings. So we're, other words might be affection, being held, experiencing love, closeness, ease, naturalness, openness, um, kindliness. Um, these are other words that might, when we're talking about prayer and the feeling that we have in the space of prayer, it might be any of those. Um, I sort of have been working with this concept of intimacy is unveiled openness to, with, or inside of God. Unveiled openness to, with, or inside of God. I'll let you sit with that. It's um, meant to be of interest to you. Now, intimacy in the Bible starts at the very beginning, as most good things do. Um, it's right at the very start. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There was this outpouring of God to create everything that we know in this story, that or this poem that we have at the start of the, the scriptures. Um, and the whole Bible continues with this relationship of God and people um, and finding that unique unveiled space and then losing and there being a veiled or a complex or a divided or a separate space. Sin is often called separate, being separated. So it's kind of the unveiled connection or the veiled disconnection and the stories of people as they uh, encounter both. Veiled experiences and unveiled experiences. Now I don't usually the Bible in my sermons. <laughs> let, let me be wild and ruckus. I'm just going all AWOL. Don't tell the pastors on me. Um, but um, Moses, as uh, we have this moment, Moses tends to be this guy that encounters maybe the unveiled God, very, very intimate experiences with God. You might have heard this story in, in um, Exodus. Uh, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant, law in his hands, the other two had been broken, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came to him and spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's, Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. Um, and this is a kind of story of Moses' radiant face. People were afraid of it. Um, he veiled the face to, to potentially make them less afraid of this radiant experience or the glory um, of having spent time directly with God. The Bible goes on to sort of God's presence being intense in tabernacle and ending up being in the temple of experiencing the intimate encounter with God happened in spaces or sort of framed spaces like a temple or a tabernacle. Um, and then we get Jesus coming along and not only was it experiencing the glory of God in certain structures, people suddenly, probably without even realising it, were experiencing Jesus and entering into an intimacy with a person, um, which changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, I'll get that first slide, Warwick. Um, I don't know if you've seen. This is um, 
from Valentin de Balloon. He's, um, this is The Last Supper, um, and it depicts uh, John reclining or leaning on, on Jesus. Um, and it's an image that over time has been spoken about as a really intimate moment where he leant, I don't know when the last time you just leant on somebody, maybe your kids lean on you, or, um, but it can be quite an intimate space of connection. They're feeling so comfortable. Um, so the story of Jesus is this kind of crossover period of people not only drawing to the glory of God in this certain manner, but drawing to Jesus um, and experiencing the calm and closeness and love in this space, which can be a bit more straightforward if it's just leaning into a person um, to find that intimate space. Jesus also sort of spoke a lot about through parables of what intimacy is like or what being close or near. Um, the next slide is another painting. It's not a very good, a bit hard on the dark, but it's Rembrandt's painting um, of the prodigal son returning home. And you get a sense of this kind of, um, as Kat was saying earlier, just being held. Um, this story or this parable depicts a father holding a son um, who really had convinced himself that he should have not, has no worthy place in the family home anymore. But the father represents inclusion, love, care, celebration, joy. Um, dare I say, salva- this salvation moment um, that we see in Jesus. Um, the church has a funny experience of intimacy, um, of going from Jesus into this sort of early church of the desert fathers of mystics were people that really wanted to experience the supernatural God, not just form a church, but really enter into the mystery and the divine union um, and they can be a wacky bunch. I don't know if any of you know much about Desert Fathers or mystics of people who would kind of uh, uh, um, living spiritually, uh, hun- hungering for a certain felt intimacy with God. People would go into a desert and refuse to let it be a church religion or just a structured, but I'm not going to refuse until I experience or embrace or encounter encounter God. Um and people would retreat, monasteries, you've all sort of heard it, people are hunting for this inner connection. There's so many great p- paintings, I didn't put them in. There's lots of strange paintings on Google images, just be careful. <laughs> when it comes to bad Christian paintings of people's experiences with God. Um, but the mystics or the saints are often held as kind of their faces radiant before God, an artist trying to capture from the outside what's an experience happening for them on the inside. Um, and it's kind of sometimes people's faces are ready. Sometimes it crosses into this weird sort of sexual language where the, the images and the words that we have for human intimacy are crossing over to try and explain this close sense of God being connected. Um, and the wording becomes really uncomfortable sometimes. It's really on the verge of these two worlds human language to explain human connection and divine language to explain divine connection. Um, the last little image we're just going to look at um, is, I think, I'm not sure, I think uh, Rod has spoken about it. Um, have you all seen this image before? Do you know who the painter is? Pinpoint? 
which failed. <laughs> um, uh, Andre Rublev is this iconographer. Um, and icons are images that are, are created for us to ponder, to look upon, and to draw into. So they're not just a, to separate, they're actually to try and get you to have an experience of something. Um, there's a wonderful book uh, called The Divine Dance. I'm going to lift it up. Um, by Richard Raw, our, you know, our next in line after Jesus around here, Richard Raw. Um, uh, and he speaks about this paint, this icon, um, and I'm going to just read it to you because it's an interesting idea, um, and then we're just going to have a little moment with this icon ourselves. Um, he firstly speaks about the different um, beings, the one on the left being dressed in gold to represent the divine, the mystical, the mystery of the Father, the one in blue at the back to represent the human world of whether it's Jesus but to represent humanity and the one on the right um, is dressed in green um, and that's this kind of veridata or, or new life like it's this energy rebirth um, the energy of the spirit this kind of rejuvenating life-filled space um, all right I'll read the next bit as magnificent as this icon and the fellowship is there's something missing they're circling a shared table, and if you look at the front of the table, there appears to be a rectangular hole painted there. Most people just passed right over it, but art historians say that the remaining glue on the original icon indicates that there was perhaps once a mirror glued onto the front of the table. If you don't come from an Orthodox, Catholic or an Anglican background, this might not strike you as odd, but you should know this is the most unusual feature for an icon. One would normally not put a real mirror in the front of a holy icon. If so, it is entirely unique and courageous. This might have been Rublev's final design flourish, or maybe it was added later, we, we can't be sure. But you can imagine what the meaning might be. It's stunning when you think about it. There was room at this table for a fourth, the observer, you. At the heart of Christian revelation, God is not seen as a distant, static monarch but a divine circle dance, as the early fathers of the church dared to call it. In Greek, perichoresis, the original word for choreography. God is the holy one presented in the dynamic and loving action of the three. But this threefulness does not like to eat alone. This invitation to share at the divine table is probably the first biblical hint of what we would eventually call salvation. So if you look at a painting, I'm not sure if we had an icon on a wall around here that had a mirror on it. Besides thinking it might be a bit cheesy, um, kind of to represent the God isn't finished until you're included into the table or the communion or that you're welcomed not just to observe it but to actually participate or enter in. Um, there's a wonderful word called theosis. Um, which just refers to participating in the very divine nature or the very nature of the divine. So theosis, participating in the very nature of the divine. Um, you'll all have had experiences or you may not have had experiences of participating in the divine nature or the nature of the divine. I don't know. And it could be very close and a very love-filled. It could be complicated and interesting. Um, but I'm curious about your what it's like that 
intimacy and God for you. Um, let's move our bodies, I reckon. We're going to have a little scattergram now, a human scattergram. We've done a few of these. Our church is getting kind of one of our themes. Um, but I was just, there's no judgment here. This is just a, a space to reflect for yourself. Um, question might be, I'll put it up on the board, on the board, on the, how does the idea of intimacy and prayer feel like for you? Is it comfortable? The sense that when I pray, I enter into that table where love is served, where I'm, I feel close, I feel connected. Um, is that something that you feel about intimacy in that space? Intrigued? Are you intrigued about that, you know, seeing all those mystics and having these, or that woman at my old church who had this real tactile encounter with God that left her annoyingly giddy? Um, are you intrigued by that? Um, does it make you awkward? Do you think, Tamsin, don't use the word intimacy for God. That's not appropriate. Um, or do you just think, oh, it doesn't quite fit. I, I don't relate to God in an intimate way. Uh, or does it feel like in that is a bit too confronting? Um, intimacy requires this unveiled space, and I'm not sure if that's what I want. Or is it impossible for a million reasons? Um, how about we stand up? Now, if you want it just in the room where we are, I've sort of, if, maybe just if you're comfortable, just go and stand. And if you don't want to commit to one of these, we can stand in the middle. And there's no, do you want to just move to a certain part of the room, down where Warwick is? If you're intrigued by this concept, go and stand near where Warwick is at the back. Over here, if you're comforted by this idea of being intimate um, in prayer, over near the coffee. Um, if it's awkward and uncomfortable, we'll sit over here. Um, and if it just feels impossible right now for a million reasons or forever, come down to the front. Does experiencing intimacy, God, come easily for you? If you feel like, yes, that does come easily for me, we might stand up closer towards the coffee. If you feel like sometimes, I feel like I spoke at the flesh, but just sometimes experiencing it, it comes easily and sometimes it doesn't and I can't. I don't know the equation behind it. And if it doesn't feel, just head up. We're not going to, we'll just feel free. There won't be any questions after this one. So maybe wander somewhere along the line. Um, does prayer, does experiencing intimacy come easily to you? Yes, sometimes, and no, that doesn't come easily. Perfect. So this is a line. I'm changing it up. Again, this is just for you to look at you. Intimacy with God, intimacy in prayer. So, yeah, that's yeah, a good question. Um, <laughs> people are fighting on the line. No fighting in the line. <laughs> I think that <laughs> it's not a winner's line, guys. It's not a winner's line. <laughs> um, and just to be aware that we all sit, just to be aware that we're all in different places in this in this line. I think I can stand at any one point. Um, Oh, I've lost them. I've lost them up in, up in the yes corner. Shh. Oh, they're having a prayer meeting. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, church is over. We'll let those guys continue on. Um, but, 
yeah. So just to be aware that this is not a given, and it's not a given in Scripture, and it's not a given through the history of the church. It's not. It's a conversation. Um, and sometimes we all, by our personality types, also have natural places when it comes to opening and unveiling who we are in this divine space. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Stop praying, guys, on the prayer con. Stop praying. <laughs> Put a prayer ban on the group. Now, this ne- my next question is a dangerous one. So be aware that, I don't know, your answers, just be mindful that I'm asking an experience. Everyone who's listening, please be open, like um, uh, we were saying before, just being open, maybe intrigued, but not it's not a space to put up the walls of, like I have done a hundred times in my life. But just if you feel like you have experienced closeness with God, um, through a prayerful space, what was it like? What were you doing? Where did it feel like in your body? I repeat it, yeah. If you felt have felt close or intimate or sh- kind of connected to God when you're praying, what did it feel like? Uh, what were you doing? Where did it feel like in your body? Anyone? Shane sent me a really helpful picture, which I haven't put up here. And it's a bad 80, like 70s, a book from the 70s that was this guy in tight pants like this. And it was called Running with Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and, um, that, and kind of emphasising connecting with God when you run um, to help motivate you run. Um, and it was all about strategic ways to pray and run at the same time. Um, I've seen some similar books. Um, um, I think I've learned that I can't manufacture it, so it often takes me by surprise when I do connect with God in prayer or, or worship. Um, and describing it physically, it's, it's, it's really difficult to explain what it feels like because I definitely feel something, but I probably couldn't liken it. Just being warm and fuzzy. Yeah, it's, but definitely can't. I can't put a finger on like times that I've done that because I think it's not something I can make happen. I guess it's just like, oh, there's God. Yeah. I don't know if other people have the same picture, but when you're about to fall asleep and you know, you're like, oh, something just clicked. I'm about to fall asleep, and you just get really restful. That's what I'm trying to picture. Like, not that I'm going to fall asleep, just the restful part. <laughs> that was her precursor to a sleeping moment for Sasha. Um, I, so I've spoken about this before when we did the music thing. Um, the music, it was prayer and music service. Um, and how when I was young and overseas and a friend of mine died unexpectedly, and I just spent a lot of time walking and listening to music, um, like grieving that friend's death. Um, and how I was, I like my prayer time was movement. I just needed to move. I just walked all over Dublin. Um, 
trying to process this, this kind of loss. Um, but the prayer, yeah, the, my prayers were always, like, I wasn't even praying words necessarily. It was just the physical moving from one space to another. It almost didn't even matter where I went. I just needed to move to process and also music. Like, walking in rhythm to a song was something that I just needed to do. Um, and I felt very held by God at that time, even though I was very, I was sad and working through that, but I felt like it's one, it's a time in my life when I felt God's presence moving with me, which isn't something that I often feel. Um, so yeah, move, movement was something that was very important to me. And it still is like, if I need to work something out, I'll Um, the only time that I've experienced like a feeling in my body of God was in a feeling that I have had before. So it was a really interesting moment of I've got a really nervy back and, and like it arcs up at weird times like at the dentist. And then to have God sort of um, be in that moment, I was sort of like, oh, can I only experience God at the dentist? Okay. Um, but the, in that one specific time that I'm talking about, it was a really powerful moment of someone praying over me, and then that feeling appeared, and it was like electricity, like zapping down my spine. Um, and yeah, it's been the only time. And so now, when when it does happen in my body, I have to. It's like it's almost like a, a poke to evaluate um, where God is in that situation um, when I think maybe that He's not there. My, I see a spiritual director and um, she's, I'm often talking about something, I, like she'll often encourage us to say, if God were here, if God is here, you know, what, what thoughts might God have for you right now? And um, it's a dangerous question because it's so sort of attuned to, uh, well, that's just me coming up with nice thoughts, you know, about myself or, um, and she's always like, everything is, you know, this God is not, when you have a picture of a God as a separate entity in the sky, usually male, usually old, um, and then intimacy with that God looks like one thing. If your image of God changes to being God in the DNA around us, God in the air, then intimacy with that God is different. If you develop a sense of God, that God is in the earth, in life itself, and then intimacy with that God, again, changes. It might be like putting your feet into the dirt, into the mud, and sensing here I am with God um, uh, well, someone once said God is often m much more subtle than anyone would dream you know because we come from our church traditions you have these big dramatic who's been healed anyone but just like a subtle sometimes we miss the subtle or we don't want to accredit it to God because it's that's just ridiculous but just that but going oh a mystical view of all of this says, well, God is in all, through all. Um, God, God is in that. It's, it's not to be afraid of. It's not to just be your thoughts. But if everything is connected. So as our concept of God changes, sometimes intimacy changes and what it looks like. It could look like sleeping or <laughs> it could look like being still. It could look like screaming and yelling. It can be like waiting um, for, for God. Um yeah, so I guess um, 
in reflecting a bit on this icon of this invitation, with we have a faith tradition that is an invitational tradition that invites us into the divine being um, through very many ways, um, whether it's hooping for hope or whatever. Um, there's an invitation, and maybe in our in your meditations this week um, to reflect on what is it like to be in that space, to be seated at the table, to be um, sharing of God. Um, just the last two little quotes that I've got. Um, uh, Eugene Peterson, he's the guy who wrote the message, a beautiful pastoral speaker. He says, prayer is the refusal to live as an outsider to my God and to my own soul. Um, it's sort of, even if there's 10 years where it just feels hard, but I just refuse to accept that it's, this is a separate thing to me. I continue to come, I continue to try, I continue to speak, continue to be silent because I'm refusing to live as an outsider in that image of that table um, trinity. Uh, David Brenner is a, a psychologist, a beautiful, beautiful writer also, but just says, created from love, of love and for love, our existence makes no sense apart from divine love. Um, so maybe we can meditate on divine love, how it comes to your world. could come in the form of other people, in the form of touch, divine touch. It could come in the form of um, hope, a sense, sensing God. Um, divine love is a mystery. This is all mysterious, guys. It's not set in stone. It's we enter into the mystery. Um, and we're all here to share the journey of what that might look like. Um, we're going to share communion now, which is another time of entering in, participating with um, this God who welcomes us into its very core. Um, so maybe if we just want to come and gather around the table, you don't have to come and share in communion. It's a, an act we do to participate as a part of our um, weekly gatherings. So maybe come and grab some courageous few can come and do the knuckle knock and break up those crackers like and grab and then we'll gather around the table yeah. it's very hard when we use these crackers but um part of the tradition of so this shared meal was to participate in the earth um, through wheat and through and to participate in um, through wine it's sort of not only a religious idea but a really fleshy earth connection um, doesn't have the same resonance when it's a cracker and grab this. However, um, it does help us connect to this. It is all included. Um, God's love comes in the form of all, all flesh and blood and life and earth. Um, he whose table was open to all is now present in this bread. He whose word welcomed friend and stranger offers friendship through this cup. With people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity planted more deeply than all that is dry. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's share in communion. I'll just chat to read a poem as a benediction and our well-wishing for, for the week ahead. You can just come here. Just on, up on the board if you want to meet everybody. Let it be that on this day we will expect no more of ourselves than to keep in step with the bewildered cadence 
of one that will not give up hope. Let it be, we will expect little but the beating of our hearts, stubborn in its repeating rhythms, that will not cease of Christ. Let it be, we will still ourselves enough to hear what may yet come to us, as if in the breath another speaks, as if in the heartbeat another hearts. Let it be, we will not try to fathom what comes ahead in the stillness, but simply open to the approach of a mystery we hardly dare to see. Amen.